Hey everyone, welcome to the All Things Gratitude Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Dorsey. And before we get started, big shout out to our friends at Blaze Your Own Trail Consulting. Uh, they can help you out with any of your social media needs. If you're looking for mastermind classes, 30-day challenges, or just doing a 12-step program to help maximize your LinkedIn or social media profiles, check out my buddy, Jordan Mendoza over at Blaze Your Own Trail Consulting. Check out his podcast too and tell him I sent you. Hey guys, welcome to the show today. Hey, big thing going on. We know how the housing market is booming around the country. So in certain places and everything, and uh, rentals are going up, um, the price of housing is going up. So this is a perfect guest to have on today. Hey, our next guest is award-winning author and real estate consultant. It's based out of San Jose, California. Check out his book, Rental Secrets. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show, Justin Pogue. What's up, Justin? How's it going, man? It's going great. Glad to be here. Awesome. So, hey, we're talking about in our green room, man, um, all this stuff going on right now in the world, craziness with COVID, you know, renters in some places not being able to, don't have to pay their um, rents, how landlords are, you know, taking that in and, you know, if they're getting any, you know, help from the government or anything. So I know you're big on the rental side of things. What are you seeing in that? And how, how much are landlords really struggling with this? Because like we talked about, the politicians think they can just eat the money and, Hey, they're everyday people like us too, man. Yeah, yeah. One of the biggest misconceptions that most people have about landlords is that landlords are off on their yacht in the Caribbean, sipping umbrella drinks, um, watching the sunset, you know, in the background. And that's not really the reality. Most of landlords are everyday people who have saved money from their jobs and invested it into property, whether they manage that property as a landlord themselves or they're investing in real estate through like their pension plans or retirement funds or something like that. Um, so those are the vast majority of landlords. And as we saw with this whole COVID situation, politicians were falling all over themselves to issue eviction moratoriums and, and create a situation where renters didn't have to pay to help people out. And yes, that does help out the renters. However, on the other side of that, as a landlord, I've still got expenses to pay. I've still got mortgages to pay. And you still expect me to pay my property taxes without any income from my properties. Um, so they didn't really think through all of the ripple effects. And as a result, landlords are going to their lenders individually one by one and negotiating forbearance and those kinds of things um, to react to the decisions that the politicians have made yeah and it's too bad because like my daughter she lives up in washington and she was slated to move out on a certain day and this apartment was supposed to be available and then you know the landlord came to her and just said hey they don't have to move out by state law they don't have to pay they're just mm -hmm. i don't know how long we can't call the county sheriff because they can't do nothing about it because they're protecting her law person stayed in there for like another five months Mm -hmm. You know, and it and it's unfair because she was doing it the right way. And I'm yeah. not saying people are doing this, but you know, everywhere people take advantage of things, you know, yeah. and people took advantage of it. The people who really needed it. Hey, man, that's what it was built for. Were the people who really needed it. But mm -hmm. there's too many people who take advantage of things. So that's unfortunate, you know, and I think landlords got hit really hard with it and either had to sell properties or foreclose on them. And that just hurts their credit. And it's not fair to them. Yeah, no, it, it isn't fair to them, but it also highlights one of the other factors that's important in the landlord-tenant um, situation is the relationship that the landlord has with the tenant. Mm -hmm. um, because it's all well and good, the legal side of it, but as we all know, going the legal route is always going to be your most expensive path. Yeah. Um, whereas if the landlord and renter can actually sit down and have a meeting of the minds and discuss what their issue is and come to a solution, that's going to be the cheapest and best option for everyone involved. Absolutely. So talking about your book, I mean, I see it behind you, man. So there it is. <laughs> hey, quick plug to Justin's book right behind him, everybody. Look at his background up. Hey, what made you, did you wake up one day and just say, hey, man, I want to be an author? Uh, what What was behind it? Was it like you want to help people? You just want to get info out there? Or you just want to write a book? Because some people just want to write a book. Well, so actually, the, the short answer to your question is, as a real estate investor, I spend a lot of time in the bookstore in the real estate section. And one day I'm there and I saw something I didn't see before. I'm looking and I see books for owners and managers and investors and property managers and all of this. 
but I didn't see any books for renters. I'm like, you you left somebody out here. And it's just the 43 million households that pay half a trillion dollars in rent every year. That's crazy. Yeah. That's how, I mean, this market is, that market is huge. And, and what struck me as really odd is you can find books and magazines for, you know, how to buy a car, what's the best way to buy an appliance, what you should be looking for in a computer and all of that. But when it comes to renting something, you're going to spend a third or more of your income on, there wasn't a lot of information out there. Um, so that's where Rental Secrets came. That's where the idea for Rental Secrets came from. And that's why I bo- wrote the book from that perspective, from the perspective of the renter. And when you think about it, it's really it's a really important topic because like when you finish college, they give you this lovely piece of paper that's all nice and embossed with your name on it. And, you know, here you go, go with God, find your next, you know, find your next career path or whatever it is you're working on. But there are a lot of like practical life skills and concepts that did not come with that education. And this is one of those things, because the next thing you need after graduation is a place to live yep. and figuring out what, how to, how to do that. What language are landlords speaking? Um, what should I be looking for in an apartment? What kind of questions should I be asking? Who should I be directing those questions to? Um, and how do I negotiate the rent amount that I'm paying? Because as you alluded to earlier, housing prices are going up and rent prices have been going up faster than incomes for 10, 15 years at this point. So like, it's, it's just a situation that people are kind of pushed into that they're not really prepared for. Absolutely. Hey guys, if you check out Justin's profile, which is in the links below, he has a cool promo video for the book, you know, and it tells you how, it gives you a teaser for the book and, you know, how to negotiate, how to get free stuff out of your landlord too, possibly, you know, and different ways to go towards that. So, hey, great video, great book, check it out because I think it will help a lot of people because like you just mentioned, I live here in Arizona, man. It is cheaper to buy a house than it is to rent. But the problem is people can't buy a house because they got bad credit because they made bad decisions in the past. Unfortunately, they maybe learned from them, but it's hurting them for a seven year period, possibly, you know, and it, it's just insane. We're talking about I could almost get double the price for my mortgage if I rented my house out right now. And that, to me, that's insane because how can you expect an 18, 19 year old kid who's working their butt off at work to afford somewhere to live? on their own Mm -hmm. you know and like my daughter lives in california she has like four or five roommates just to afford a bedroom you know and i'm just like god that's insane how do you do that you know i mean but you know that that's what's great about your book man you're gonna you want to help people you want to get it out there you know and and that's awesome they need people like that because you're exactly correct they they have a how-to for everything yeah but how to rent properly you know and like you said coming out of school they I don't mean this against college grads or high school grads. They don't prepare you for the real world like you should be. How to negotiate things, how to look for certain things, how to do credit card applications, how to do mortgages, all that stuff. You know, it's almost setting you up for failure because they want you to fall in the system to make money. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's great you're doing that because it helps. It will help a lot of people if they sit down and yeah. read the book. And it's yeah. on Amazon, people, too. So go check it out. Yeah. And I want to I want to highlight something here, too. This book is not about bashing landlords because mm. that's not that's the conversation that we've been having for yeah. decades between renters and landlords, and it's not doing anybody any good. So this book is about learning how landlords think so you can actually negotiate effectively with them and speak to them in their language so they understand. So it's not, oh, I'm coming to you whining about my rent. It's these are the problems that I know you have. These are the ways I can help you with those problems. And because I am solving problems, people who solve problems get paid. You know, years past, Justin, um, we rented this house for a little bit. And the great thing about it is any home improvement I made, even if it's LED lights or if there's a hole in the wall and I patch it or everything, he's just like, take X amount of money off the rent every month. And it wasn't costing me that much. He, he just kind of pushed the amount up because he knew how much it would cost if he brought a contractor in to do all the stuff and all that stuff. So exactly right there. It was like a negotiation we had with each other. You know, I took 
took care of, he had like eight acres, you mm-hmm. know? So I like mowed it all once because he just left half the field going and man, he took like half my rent off or mm-hmm. a little more than that because he knew how much it would cost if the landscaping company yeah. came in, you know? Yeah. So it, it's out there, people. It really is. Landlords, if you have the skill set to fix things correctly, they will take money off your rent because they know how much it's going to cost for a licensed contractor to come in and do all those things. So I, I love the fact of the negotiation skills, Justin. I mean, that's one thing. Landlords are majority of them. I'm not going to say all of them, but majority of them are business people. So they mm-hmm. understand the art of negotiation and they would be willing to negotiate to help you out if it's going to benefit them too. Yeah. Absolutely. And as a renter, any improvements like the LED lights you mentioned, right? Yeah. If you install those in a rental property, when you move out, the LED lights are likely going to stay. Yeah. So you've actually improved the property for the next person. And if I've saved money from my job and this is going to be part of my retirement, Thank you for improving my retirement. I appreciate that. And I will compensate you along the way for helping me do that. Because you're helping me towards my goals as well. Um, Absolutely. So it's really a symbiotic relationship between renters and landlords. They're two sides of the same coin. And this national screaming match that we're having is, is not really benefiting anybody at all. No, it's not. So Justin, with with how everything's going right now, um, there's housing markets. I don't know if it's across the country, but I know big places like Seattle, California, Arizona, Texas is going through it. Florida's going through it. They're just going through a huge just housing booming. It's just booming, mm-hmm. you know, and we're having another one of those things where it's booming and not necessarily the wages are balancing out to the house booming because down here in Arizona, big companies are moving in tech companies, Mm -hmm. manufacturing companies. Yeah. They're getting good wages, but still, you know, you're, you're looking at an average house in a decent area, about 500,000. And you know, somebody's making 25, 30 bucks an hour. That's, they can afford it, but they're living for their house. They're not living Mm -hmm. for life. So as you see that happening, do you see a balance somewhere where it's just, is it going to just take a dive like 2006 or do you think it's just going to plateau out and just level out and then let everything catch up to it? Well, let's, let's tease out a couple of things yeah. there. Um, so the, so the housing prices are, the housing prices are going up. And as you mentioned, they're not matching incomes that mm-hmm. people are, that people are receiving. If you look at the environment that we're in, there's a lot of money that has been that has been created. It's floating around mm-hmm. um, stimulus checks and unemployment benefits. And, and a lot of that money hasn't even hit yet because um, a lot of that money that was passed wasn't really for you um, yeah. directly. Um, so that's feeding into this housing price increase. Also, what's feeding into this housing price increase is. There was a large group of people who had rented apartments in downtown urban areas because they wanted the lifestyle. They wanted to walk to restaurants and shops and and theater and all of that. Well, all of that stuff closed down. So now I'm stuck in this 900 square foot box with no backyard. Yep. So the amenity of having a backyard has now gone way up in value. So a lot of people are looking for that. And where do you get backyards? Single family houses. And that's where a lot of people have are shifting their resources to. And that's also helping to drive up the, the value of those of those homes. Um, and we want to also keep in mind that real estate is cyclical. It goes it goes up and down, ebbs and ebbs and flows. Um, and so will will there be a will there be a crash at some point where those prices will readjust? Yeah. When the when the when that flow of money slows down there's going to be there's going to be an adjustment is it going to go back to where it was previously now that part i'm not sure about um but it it's it is but it is going to slow down because it can't keep increasing at that pace forever because nobody will be able to afford anything you know speaking of single family housing with yards and everything uh exactly correct last year when we bought our house you know we got a pool built you know, in our backyard, we were going to do it anyways. It wasn't because of COVID because we were locked down or anything. It was just part of moving to Arizona. 
but I was talking <laughs> to the pool company. There. Yeah, it gets a, just a little bit, you know. Little I mean, bit. we're in the, we're in the '80s and '90s now, so you know it's not too bad. But um, I was talking to the pool company. He goes, "It's been insane." He goes, "Normally the city has thirty to forty permits pulled a month. They have over three hundred fifty pulled. Wow! And now pools, you can um, before you know." three months you know two to three months they'd be done from the time you start working at the pool company and they're done okay. now people are sitting out a year wow and they said because of the covid people are you know just blowing up their backyards and making them into resorts now and everything so in the long run justin this is going to have value for their home or for potential rental values because mm -hmm. of what they're doing right now you know but yeah i was just insane insane hearing that because how much they went up just in a short i mean within months it just everything just changed for them so um we got lucky because we got in right at the beginning of it so we didn't get affected <laughs> you know ours got done in 45 days our backyard but um uh -huh. yeah i have people who put in for permits maybe three weeks after me that their stuff just finished now and it's been 11 wow. months yeah wow so that's just how long they've had to wait so interesting stuff there so Hey, thanks to everyone who's uh, chiming in and listening. Uh, big shout out to my friend Kelly Robinson who texted me, said Nick and Justin are killing it today. So I appreciate that. So um, this is a big topic, thanks, you Kelly. know, and this is a big topic right now, you know, and going on across the country, you know, because, you know, as many new homes are being built here in Arizona, just as many as being rented out, you know, with the influx of people coming in. So, you know, this is huge on how do we need to negotiate with that even um even on the commercial side there's a lot of commercial going on there so do you dab in commercial too or are you mainly real or, or do you do both do you do residential and commercial or where's your primary focus for yeah. people so my background is on the residential side now some of these topics and concepts do apply to to the commercial side mm -hmm. as well but my background is primarily residential uh, yeah i get it we got a friend on here Anne marie thank you for a great topic uh from new york i saw i'm sure stuff's kind of crazy out there with everything that's going on there so with all the high rises and everything so it's going on there yeah. so hey so with everything going on do you um are you are you able to get out and do any engagements with anybody or anything or is everything all virtual how's business going for you on this are you getting your are you getting your word out there that yeah i am getting the word out there a lot of people are still doing the the zoom and virtual um virtual communication um but i am starting to be able to go out and meet people individually one-on-one -on -one, um and still have and still have these conversations um and uh and kind of insert myself into that space between renters and landlords and property management companies mm -hmm. So Andrea says this is a huge topic in Europe and absolutely is. I have a friend who lives in London and like you said earlier, stuck in a 900 square foot flat, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, with all this being stuck like that, it's not just housing market or rentals suffering. It's mental health wellness too, that is suffering from all this. And that's going to that's going to hurt some landlords down the road too, because maybe not as many people are going to get out because stability, they're just, you know, it's, they're getting wrecked upstairs, you know, unfortunately, you know, yeah. and they have to work on that stuff before they can do other things. So yeah, it's very interesting subject going on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is affecting people everywhere and it's a good point about, about the book. I wrote it from the perspective of these are problems that landlords have because of the type of business that they're in. Mm -hmm. So none of the things I talk about are geographic specific. Mm -hmm. um, it's all about what types of problems are landlords having be just because they are landlords and how can renters help with those, with those problems. Um, and, you know, it was, it's interesting when, when the whole like COVID thing happened and I'm looking at the situation, they're like, okay, well, you're going to be quarantined in your house. It's like, you basically told the country they're going to be in solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. That's what you do to prisoners and not just any prisoners, the ones that yeah. don't behave like, yeah. that, like that's what you're doing to the worst of the worst. But you just applied that to everyone across the country. And yeah, everybody's mental health took a dive that day. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, and it was hard because 
I'm a very personal person. I need to be out there. I need to be around. And um, when I moved to Arizona, I moved for a job. And that particular job, I was in the office for four days and they said, okay, you're working from home now. I'm like, uh, this is not what I signed up for. Um, and I'm telling you what, me, that wrecked me for a while. I mean, just because I was sitting at home in front of a computer and unfortunately that job thought, oh, since you're at home in front of your computer, you can work more hours, which wasn't cool. They didn't directly say that, but you could tell it in the tone of the voice, you know, and you could tell I don't work there anymore because I'm not talking nicely about it. But, um... <laughs> but you know, it, it was really hard, Justin, because it was like that. It's like I'm confined to my den now. Yeah, you know, the, my 120 square foot den. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, this is not cool. And yeah. don't get me wrong, I would love to work from home if it's for the right reasons and everything, yeah. not because I'm told I have to and I got to lock down in front of this laptop for eight, ten, twelve hours a day. You know, yeah. and you know, and, and that that. That was really hard on me. It took me a while to get through it, but I, I learned a lot of things out of it. And I could see, you know, a lot of people are going through that and landlords even got stuck in that. If you want to look at it that way, because there wasn't a lot of business coming or dealing with, Hey, renters, I don't, they don't have to pay their, you know, rents anymore. So what am I going to do to pay property tax? What am I going to do to just to pay flat utilities? What am I going to do for this to make sure I keep my property and doesn't destroy my credit? So what what have people been doing who are stuck in that situation who are maybe everyday people who you know maybe they make just under six figures or six figures have a rental property that rental property was bringing in you know let's say 15 to 20 percent of their income for their family and i'm sure you've talked to those people what are they doing to um get through that you know and make it through and not lose everything yeah no absolutely and it kind of gets back to something we were talking about earlier, the relationship that the landlord has with that renter. Yes, there is an eviction moratorium. Yes, that means that the renter may not have to pay rent. However, if you just take, if you, if, as the renter, if you just fully take advantage of that situation and just decide I could pay, but I'm not going to, you're creating damage to that relationship. Mm-hmm. So going forward, is that going to, as the landlord, is that going to be someone I'm going to cut slack in the future? Probably not. Is that going to be a, is that going to be a renter that I want to keep in the future? Probably not. Um, because you're doing damage to the relationship because you could have paid, but you just chose not to. Now, if you're in a situation where you were deemed a non-essential and the money's just not coming in and unemployment just isn't covering it that's a different kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is that there should be that conversation going on between renters and landlords. What can what can you pay based on the situation that you're in until we get through this, you know, crisis COVID period and then we can and then our relationship can move back closer to something that was normal um, previously. You know, so that's I, the first thing. The second thing is that there are now some funds that have been made available for landlords um, that will pay 80% of the rents that are owed. The caveat is you have to forgive the remaining 20%, but at least there's now something on the table for landlords, whereas at the beginning of this thing, there was nothing. Landlords were kind of this afterthought um, at, at the beginning. Um, so there are there are some resources starting to become available for for them now, um, and then they have a choice. You know, do I take the eighty percent or do I wait for this whole thing to be over, moratoriums to be lifted, and then you know move forward and try and collect all of it later on? You know, I think you said it uh, really good earlier. There's a misconception that people think landlords are multimillionaires. And they're not all. Some of them do take all their life savings out because they're banking on selling that house 10 or 15 years from now for their retirement. You know, they're, you know, people are taking risks on these, you know. I know a guy who owns three or four houses and it wasn't he paid full price. He got them all at auction. So Mm -hmm. he got a great deal on them or he had to flip them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he got them for dirt cheap because they're wrecks and just got them to the point. And it's just it's just an investment for future. It's not that he's a multimillionaire. Um, also I have a buddy who, um, like you're talking about relationships with, um, renters and everything. Um, 
his renter lost his job, so he didn't, he or she, I can't, couldn't tell you which one it was, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, couldn't pay uh, rent for three or four months. So right when that person got their job back, they made a deal where for the next six months, they'll just pay a little extra on them just to catch them up. And I mean, they're all in good spirit. And he even went down and even took some money off it so they're not paying the full thing. But, you know, they came to a compromise to make this Absolutely. work because he was like, this person's a great renter. I don't want to lose them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and it's, yeah. I can't help that they lost their job, but I need to bring that money in too because I need to pay that mortgage on it still. So where's the, you know, common ground here? And they came to one and you're exactly right. And I'm sure your book talks about that on how we can come to that point with everybody. So, yeah, absolutely. And when you look at how property is appraised and valued, one of those appraisal one of those appraisal methods is based on the income of the property you know and that's the quality and the quality of the tenant is a major factor in that so let's say you have a fourplex a fourplex building and you have three great fantastic tenants everybody gets along all of that And then you rent to one person who is antagonistic, plays their music loud at 3 a.m., you know, the the nightmare tenant. Well, guess what happens? The three good ones move out. Yep. And three worse ones will likely move in. And it drives down the value of your property over time. Um, The other thing I'd say is that there's a whole, in terms of investing in property, there's a whole ecosystem going on. So you may have an individual who's saved money and bought properties at auction or bought properties that were, you know, just this side of being condemned and brought them back to life, which, by the way, is a fantastically useful service for society in general, because we need more housing than we have now. Um, And they are... um, And they're, so they're using their resources, monies that they've saved. And, but even if you have a large apartment complex, say a thousand units that has a corporation name on it, that doesn't mean a wealthy person owns that building. That corporation may have taken on mortgages or may in fact be owned by People who are people who are invested in their, their pension plans may have bought into that corporation. Mm-hmm. You know, firefighters, teachers, um, you know, police officers, you know, truck drivers. Like there, there are pensions out there that are investing in properties to get returns for the retirements of these individual people. So there's a whole ecosystem going on around this investment, and it's not just the it's not just the guy on the yacht, you know, sipping, sipping Mai Tais. Now, there are some people like that in that position. But that is not the vast majority of who landlords are. How do I get to that point, Justin? No. <laughs> <laughs> One so, step at a time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, hey, with your book, obviously, we've talked about what you're doing right now. and career. Hey, just let everybody know. Just tell a little bit about Justin. Who's Justin, you know, and just, you know. Anything outside of the rental world? What is Justin? Yeah, Who absolutely. Justin? So part of my uh, part of my backstory is in the year two thousand, I went to went to graduate school. I was going to get my MBA, and I was going to come out as a management consultant. You know, the guy with the guy with the cape is dropped. He gets dropped into the company and uh, fixes all the problems, and then moves on to the next one. Um, and then the dot uh, dot com bubble first mm-hmm. and uh so i had actually chosen the worst time to shift careers i could possibly have chosen um and what that led to was while i was looking for what i wanted to do next my my mother was actually looking at well how do i do investment how do i do this investment thing and she was looking at buying property for like back taxes. Um, so what we did was we took a, we actually took a road trip from California to, uh, to Florida and we're going county by county. And we actually found three properties and we actually flipped those to, to developers. And that's kind of how this whole thing 
got started. It got started out of what looked like an incredibly dismal <laughs> situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kind of just going to show that you, you can turn, turn those things around. And just when you think things are darkest, you know, there are plenty of things to be grateful for um, in those, in those situations. Um, so now I'm going to get back to your more specifics in your question because you asked, you know, a little bit of what is, what is, what are things about Justin that aren't related to real estate? Yeah. Um, so one of the things, one of the, uh, one of the hobbies that I have is I do like to go out dancing, which I know the COVID thing has kind of put the kibosh on for right now, but, um, but I'm hoping to get back to that at some point in the, in the, in the near future. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just for me it's that outlet where you i can experience such a kind of state of flow where it's me dancing everybody everything else kind of just melts away and it's just me and 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 the music that i'm interacting with at, at the at the time um and everybody needs to find that that thing, whatever it is, for some people it's gardening, for some people it's painting, for other people it's dancing. It's just that state of just being in that specific moment, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and it's and it's therapeutic. And right now, you know, that <laughs> those, those therapeutic activities are ones that we really need coming out of this uh, imposed solitary confinement situation. Absolutely, that's good stuff, man. Because you you. Everybody in this world, you know, besides what's going on right now, but just in general, needs that getaway, you know. Mm-hmm. You mentioned music and dancing. Music's my big thing, you know. I could just sink right into it, or I can go play golf, or I can go play uh-huh. softball with my guys. And, you know, it just, it for those split moments, it just takes you out of the real world. Yeah. And it just relaxes you and just realize this is what life's about. Yeah. You know, enjoying life, taking those stresses away. Everybody needs it. People need to learn how to really take advantage of that because it needs to be done. It really does. And we're humans. We need that break and release like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. here we go. We got a question. What kind <sighs> of dancing? Because Erica's into dancing. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Erica. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's generally like nightclub top 40, mm-hmm. like. Um, you know, the, uh, so it's not, it's not, it's not the ballroom when we're not, we're not doing the waltz and something else is it's not pre-choreographed. So I'm deciding which steps and moves I'm going to do in, in, in that, in that moment. Um, and I've had people ask me like, are you a professional dancer? It's like, absolutely not. Cause I, I think turning dancing into a job would pull a lot of the joy out of it for me. Um, so I, so I, so I stay away from that. Although not above accepting a tip every now and then, if somebody wants to tip me for dancing, I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> awesome. You know, I, I have some friends um, who are former professional athletes, NFL players mm-hmm. and everything. And they said, you know, when you get to that level, it's still great, but the fun comes out of it because it turns to a business. So that's exactly what you're talking about. I think with the dancing is mm-hmm. you would still enjoy it, but then it's about business. It's not necessarily about fun. It's about now it's a career. It's not mm-hmm. a release. You yeah. know, it's the drag of, you know, the nine to five as you know, people would say. So, um, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Um, focus. Now I met I met with Erica and her husband down in Dallas. Um, I had a business trip down there, and we went to this little town center, which was really cool. I totally forgot the name of it, but it was a really cool place. <laughs> that music on, and her and her husband just start dancing around the town center and everything. So it was kind of cool. So I knew she was going to ask that once she popped in and said howdy to everybody. So I'm like, oh, she's going to ask the dance question. <laughs> but right on. So I mean, anything on the horizon for you, Justin? I mean, what what's? I know this is hard right now, but do you have an outlook or a plan for the rest of the year on, or you just got to kind of sit back and wait to see what California does with all the COVID stuff before you can start like book um, tours or going out? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, as, as far as the dancing, yes, I do have to wait and see. What yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as, you know, but as far as rental secrets in my business, um, 
I'm not really, I'm not really, I'm not really waiting. What's, what's going on is I'm looking at how can this information be used in other ways? So for example, earlier in this year, I was contacted by someone who works with financial coaches and helps people Mm -hmm. kind of get certified as financial coaches. And I was talking with him and I was saying, and we were, and I was saying, well, the number of people who are renting is going up. And if you're going to be somebody's financial coach and help them work through their budget and figure out what their financial planning should be, a conversation about how to handle rent is going to be a huge part of that because that's going to be the biggest line item in that budget. Um, so having so having a financial coach that understands how you can negotiate on rent, what are the steps and questions that you need to be asking, um, is a really good resource. To, is a really good resource to have. So he and I are working on a kind of a training program um, for for you know for financial coaches so they can add that concept to their to their practice and really better relate to the renters who are part of their who are part of their client pool um so that's just an example of the way we can take this information that yes it applies to renters but it's a way that we can take this information and use it and apply it in a different way to to broad to broaden the message and help help it reach more people that's awesome so financial coaches out there please reach out to justin he is right. That is a big part of everything. And, you know, every step of the way where you can save a little bit of money or negotiate something out properly on both sides, it's a win-win. So, yeah. hey, man, everybody hook, hit up Justin, man. He he has the answers for you, man. He can tackle those hard questions, man, get you all figured out. So, hey, Justin, we had in a, in a 40-minute period of time, man, we covered a lot of stuff. And a lot of important things, too, because mm-hmm. this is a big thing going on, especially with some of the struggles going on in America and all over the world. I'll even put that. I mean, do you dabble in anything outside of the U.S. and like Canada or Europe or anything? Or are you mainly just to the U.S. because it's complicated here? It's <laughs> <laughs> complicated in many places. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my... So what I'm what I'm sharing in in the book is based on my experience as being a property manager for 20 years in various places across the U.S. Um, so a lot of the information that's in the book is applicable to other places. I don't necessarily, you know, kind of shout that out because uh, because I don't have that international experience. Um, but that being that being said, these topics are not geographic specific or specific to any kind of um, jurisdiction um they're just problems that landlords have because they are landlords and this is the nature of the business that they're in awesome hey justin it's been great today man this is something we can go on for hours seriously yeah hours and hours (laughs) and hours and hours um love to have you back on the show and we can tackle some more stuff maybe you know in about four or five months when COVID starts slowing down, you know, and places start opening, let, let's get back on and talk about any trends we're seeing that are changing or what has COVID like permanently changed because we're assuming right now things are going to change, but we don't know until they actually do. Yeah. And it would, it'd be awesome to see what those trends are and what's actually happening now. Is it going to affect the landlord? Is it going to affect the renter? Because it's going to affect somebody. Yeah. It's going to affect somebody. And we just don't know yet. It kind of looks like it might affect the landlords. But who knows? I mean, it all depends on how the economy goes, too. I mean, there's some key factors there. And another interesting topic might be, you know, once these eviction moratoriums get lifted, like, what strategies can people use to actually avoid eviction (laughs) once those situations, once, once that gets lifted? And is there going to be any new laws now put in? Are they mm-hmm. going to change laws? Because if something like this happens again, what are the laws going to be? Because I don't think no, nothing, there was nothing in the rules I know of that covered or laws that covered COVID because nobody knew about it. So, no. <laughs> so what's going to change from that is, you know, you know, the laws, does the government jump in here or do the landlords have to get forgiveness? How do the landlords get reimbursed? I think this is a big, 
that's a big thing that might actually somebody's going to bring it up in Congress. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to do it, and it's going to be interesting to see how far that goes. Yeah, because I mean, if you think of, if you think about housing, housing is you know, not I guess pun intended, foundational to how people show up in the world, personal yeah. development, professional development, taking care of, taking care of their families, and it's just. To, it helps people be who they who they are and who they need to show up as, yeah. um, and you know how much you know how much it costs. Whether it's available, you can't you know can I not be evicted? Evict- like it's so central to everything that we are and be and do in the world. Um, so yeah, this topic is going to be with us for a very long time. And what's going to be interesting now too is the remote. Uh, working from home scenarios because big cities like Seattle, San Francisco, New York, you know, LA. Now people are living in those cities because they have to be close to work because they're going there every day. Now, if you're telling people they can go live out in the suburbs and for what they're paying for rent in San Francisco, they can buy a house out in the suburbs that only go in the office once every couple weeks and make that long drive. How is that going to change all this stuff? Because that's going to be a big effect in this too. Oh, it's huge. There were people... Because I'm in this California, San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. There were people commuting, I kid you not, two to three hours per day, mm-hmm. driving in, driving out. Most of that time is spent in traffic, bumper to bumper, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, we kind of know the, you kind of know the deal there. But when you think about it, three hours in three hours back that's six hours a day of your life yep that's spent on the road hopefully you're listening to podcasts and you're trying to you know you use that time in some positive way um but if we can skip that because that was one of the the silver linings or, or gifts of covid is i got all my commute time back so now what am what how i know how how am i using that um personally i've been using all that to create content and think about where my business is going and to really slow down and reflect on you know what i wanted where i was going what my plan was how i wanted to show up in the world and what impact i wanted to have um but that's been the silver lining of this whole situation like everything slowed down yeah it, you know, it's slowed down big. And I, I I did this post back in January. I go, things I learned from COVID. <laughs> One, I could slow down and get everything accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, my wife and I could spend all day together without killing each other. So that was fantastic. That's a big one. <laughs> that was a huge one. It, it actually brought it. And you know, it actually brought us closer together. You know, because, you know, it, it was really cool. I mean, we had a great relationship, you know, before mm-hmm. this. But, you know, it was just, just something like, huh. Because we used to always say work was our getaway. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you just need a break, but we're like, ah, this is good, you know, and you know, just so those were, you know, some big things for me, you know, just like the biggest thing I think is if there was a positive, the world slowed down and the world needed it because we were going, the world was going out of control, just crazy fast, you know, and yeah. it's still going to, don't get me wrong, but I learned mm-hmm. I can just take it down a couple notches still get things accomplished, you know, still get my goals done and still enjoy life. Yeah. You know, so if I'm going to take a positive out of it, that's what I'm taking. But that's, yeah. that's about that's it. So. That is yeah. a win. That, you you got to find a positive and a negative. You really yeah. do. I you mean, you to. really do. Yes. I mean, that's, to. especially if you're getting stuck at home and like confined, you know, solitary mm-hmm. confinement, like you say, you know, it's just, you have to find those positives and it's hard. It is hard for some people, yeah. and I get it. And think things will get better. Like it, like I was talking about earlier, I graduated into like the dot com bubble bursting, and like it was the worst time for what I had planned and all that. But that opened the door for something else. Um, so just like now, people are graduating into into COVID, um, and. They're trying to figure out what what they're gonna what they're gonna yeah. do next. How is this going to work? Whatever. You'll you'll find your niche. Mm-hmm. Just keep you gotta keep you gotta keep looking for it. But you'll find your niche and pay attention to doors that might be just kind of cracked open slightly, um, and 
peek in there and see if you're uh you know and see if it and see if there's something there for you um there was i do want to i want to share one story out of of the book um so one of the strategies in the book is and this is the uh strategy where you can actually get free rent so those people who uh yeah who can use that listen up um is to actually work for the landlord so if there's a small small apartment building 20 25 units you know something like that um landlords in many cases look for renters who will live on site who will help manage the property be that first be that first line of contact for the other renters for maintenance issues or questions or that kind of thing be there to show units when they're when they're vacant um keep generally keep the property up as you know as they say main, maintain the curb appeal of the property um and you know fulfill fulfill roles like that um and in exchange people get greatly reduced or in some cases even or in some cases even free rent and this is a part-time gig so there was one uh one individual who had a role like this and it was about a 10 hour a week job um and having that job allowed him to try out other professions without the pressure of without the financial pressure of this job has to stick or i have to make this work um so he actually was able to try out three or four different different professions and eh, this one's not for me or i kind of like this one but i like the aspects of this other one over here better um and you know, kind of going going through that he did this role for four years um and he finally ended up finding the profession that he was that he was most interested in but it allowed him the flexibility and the freedom to do that um so just shifting that mindset from the landlord is my enemy and we certainly don't work for our enemies um yeah. to the landlord and renter are two sides of the same coin allowed him that flexibility and that option you know, so Justin, I thought the old saying is you keep your friends closer and your enemies closer. Are you supposed to keep the <laughs> landlords closer? <laughs> no, I love that scenario because we talked about in the green room, you know, the average rent across the country is about $1,200 a month. Mm-hmm. So if you could take $1,200 off a month as you're looking for those other jobs or trying to find that career, you can take a job for $12, $13 an hour and still survive because you got $1,200 of that taken out that you have to spend every month, oh, you know, living for free. But you I'll see what I'm saying? Than, I mean, yeah. but you probably get utilities and everything. I yeah. get that. But it's the it's that point is you don't have to worry about this huge chunk of money going away every month. Right. It's the there reason, for you. Yeah. The reason why I say it's better than that is because yeah. when when you pay rent, you're paying that with after tax money. Yep. So that twelve hundred a year, you know, the you know, which basically come the fourteen, you know, fourteen yeah. fourteen and a half grand a year. Yeah. Um, when you gross that up, because it, you know you would pay taxes on that, so it's really like closer to twenty. Oh, nice! So yeah. it's a really good side gig mm-hmm. for I ten mean, hours are, a week. Yeah, that's a yeah, great side gig. It's a great <laughs> side free gig. living. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. these are the ways. These are the these are some of the ways that people need to start shifting their thinking to really start taking advantage of these negotiation. Using negotiation opportunities um, because being a landlord is stressful, and we talked about we talked about the the myth of the uh, you know the, the millionaire on the yacht with the mai tai yeah. and all of that. But the reality is, and I use these pictures in my presentation, is that most landlords feel like they're out you know in the ocean drowning and they have one hand above water. Mm-hmm. That's where most landlords feel like they are. And if you as a renter can throw them any kind of lifeline, any kind of help to relieve some of that stress, they are very willing to, they're very willing to pay and compensate for that. Um, and, and I mean, they're dealing, I mean, when you think about landlords, they're dealing with vacancy issues, maintenance issues, legal issues, depending on what's going on with the property, there may be, there may be problems there's marketing issues there's all kinds of problems that landlords are dealing with um and any help that can be provided reduces that stress and is of value and is of value to them i mean this is great stuff justin 
we got to start wrapping up because I got to be able to put this on Instagram. Um, so uh, we got this out to you. Hey, guys, you heard some teasers from Justin's book, Rental Secrets. Hey, Justin, where can everybody find your books? So because this is something that is a must read for people who are out in the renting world. Yeah, absolutely. It's a must read for renters. It's a must read for landlords um, and anybody interested in investing in property as well. Um, so the book is available at amazon.com, Barnes and Noble. Um, you can also get it at rentalsecrets.net. And I also have a free 10 step guide um, for called apartment search secrets that you can get at rentalsecrets.net as well. Awesome. All those links, guys, are down in the comments. If you're on LinkedIn, check it out. His profile of both his websites will lead you to everything he just talked about. So, hey, guys. Hey, Justin, where else can everybody find you? What's the easiest ways oh, to find you around this Absolutely. Place? You can find me yeah. on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, you know, all those, all those usual suspects. And I actually post a tip for renters and landlords every day on all of my social media as well. Awesome. Uh, Thank you to everybody who listened today. I mean, we appreciate it. We got some good good comments going on there. We had quite a bit of views going on live on all the sites that this is out to Twitter today. Um, this is out to LinkedIn. This is out to, uh, where else did I send it? YouTube. So uh, we're getting some quite a bit of views. Guys, check out Justin. Hey, guys. Also, you can find me on LinkedIn. Oh, that way. Boop. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find all past podcasts on YouTube, all the video version of them the audio version go to anchor you can find all of us we're approaching 50 episodes so we're getting really excited for that and we've got a ton of engagement so hey justin once again i want you to come back in about four or five months you know six months when covid's really you know world's getting back to where and let's have this conversation again see if it's changed at all you know because i think i think it's going to change so um everybody Please find Justin's stuff down below. Connect with him, guys. Keep up. He posts stuff all the time about secrets or trends or anything that's going on. So go check Justin out. Everybody, thank you so much. See you next Saturday, 8 a.m. Pacific time again for another fantastic show of the All Things Gratitude podcast. Hey, Justin, we appreciate it, man. Have a great day, great weekend. And hey, man, good luck with all the stuff going on with you, man. All right. Thanks, Nick. You do the same. All right. Have a good day, everyone.